Hi there, welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. Uh, I'm not going to do my normal intro this week because we are right in the middle of our Game of the Year episode. This is part two of our Game of the Year episode. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to episode 35, and you can hear how it began. And this is uh, this is the rest of it. So I will get out of the way, and we will get right into the best handheld game of the year. Enjoy. So let's go. Let's go down to best handheld game, and we have four contenders. And uh, the nominees Dan- are. So we have Danganronpa <laughs> and everything else, but no, it's a. Uh, <laughs> we have Dang- Danganronpa, uh, Bravely Default, Fantasy Life, and uh, Pokemon Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. So I, I Brie, I'll just let you go because I know you've been dying to talk about Danganronpa since. Well, you know. let's let's everybody <laughs> that listens to the show knows how much I love this. So let's yeah. let's hear some more arguments first. Well, we'll let someone. Games? Yeah, we'll let someone else okay. go first. Can I talk about uh, fantasy? Yeah, go ahead. Talk about fantasy life, Gita. I love fantasy life. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I've been in my parents' house on the East Coast for the holidays, and I'm going through like a lot of like life transitions. And I brought fantasy life with me as the game that I would play while I was here, and it was like the best choice I could have made because fantasy life is basically a game about having pride in your work and being rewarded for it consistently. Like, there is just pure joy in that little universe. And despite, you know, I think the biggest problem for people that had to review it for money is that they had to complete the narrative of the game as quickly as possible because the joy of that game is just in you go to sleep and then you wake up, then you go make a little checklist of all the things you're going to do and when you accomplish them, like every aspect of the game is geared towards rewarding you for it and making you feel good, like you made a real impact on the world and you change as a character and as a person. And that's just something that I want to inhabit, you know, every day of my life. And uh, it isn't something that we all get to experience every day in our like actual IRL lives. And I just think that I just love every single aspect of fantasy life. It's it's an Animal Crossing without all the things that made Animal Crossing annoying for me, which is like you have to play it every single day. I I you don't lose friendships over time. You can visit as often as you'd like whenever you need it to be. Fantasy life will just be there and you can feel productive and needed and wanted and loved. And that's why Aww. I love fantasy life. Hmm. That sounds very cheery. It's I so cheery. That. I bought it on Gita's recommendation and I Gita plays more sim style games than I do. And ordinarily I don't get super into them, but um, we talked about it a bit and I was like, am I going to like this game? And I ended up really liking it. And I think that for me, it's because it has a lot of very clever wordplay jokes and musical elements that are just delightful to listen to. And I love silly jokes in games and so that part of it is just so joyful to me and i i'm not one of those people who get super into decorating their house in a game but i can kind of get on board with it because (laughs) fantasy life has so many other elements that are on offer that were really enjoyable to me and the gameplay's fun and yeah so i i really really liked it yeah there's an everything there's something in fantasy life for everybody there's a play style for everybody there's a job for everybody yeah, the multiple classes, which I talked about on last week's show as well. Yeah, is yeah. Part of what makes the game accessible to somebody like me who cares more about hitting things with a sword or stick <laughs> than than arranging furniture. Um, yeah, I still really liked it. 
Um, yeah, nice. I I bought this game because Maddie was talking about it last week, and, and you know she told me how much you loved it, and I wanted to get awesome at it, and I, I tried really hard this year <laughs> to. Like Steve liked Shovel Knight, so I ended up playing Shovel Knight a bunch. I played this War of Mine. Like I, I tried really hard to play everybody's possible choices, and that's the reason I put like 15 hours into this game. I don't think it belongs on this list. Uh, I, I think that I, yeah, it's, it's to me it seems very repetitive. In the tasks that you do, and even as you're swapping between different jobs, I, I think the the the, the, str- the strongest part of it is the humor, which you talked about, Maddie. Like there are a, there are a thousand moments like that where you're, let's say, you're doing the uh, the wizard quest quest to start off with, and you go in and um, you know you find out you're talking to a cat and not a person, and there's a bunch of really cute humor about it. That is this game's strong point. Um, but if you look at the reviews for it, it, it seems like, generally speaking, a lot of people agreed with me that, like, say, the crafting was kind of repetitious. Um, and it just... I, I also think that as far as... I think that there's innovation that we're looking for in this category, at least I look for. And... The instant I booted it up, I thought the the character creator was awesome, but I thought that it has this style that is so common for 3DS games. I mean, how many times have I played a game with, you know, on the Nintendo handheld system where the character is, you know, three heads tall, you know, every single 3D asset on it is made with a 256 map, you know, like the, the houses look generic. I just, it didn't feel like it broke out in any particular way. So I, I totally understand why you love it. It's just, it didn't speak to me. Well, for me, I think the problem, I mean, I think it's it's expectation-wise, um, buying this game and playing 15 hours of it, it's, I mean, I think that's why it was people, difficult for people to review, because it isn't about getting awesome at fantasy life that I find enjoyable. It's about enjoying process. And enjoying the process of, okay, well, as a tailor today, I want to make this outfit so that I can become, you know, go get to the next level of being a tailor. So I'm going to wake up and I'm going to buy all my materials and then I'm going to craft that into the basic material I need to craft this outfit. And then I'm going to craft the outfit and then I'll get the achievement and then I'm going to see what else is on my list and just enjoying each step of that process. It's very like life sim. And those are the kinds of games I really, really enjoy. I also just like the little world. All the countries are very distinct. They all have, you know, really distinct cultures and customs, and there's a lot of thought put into these worlds, and it goes out of its way to make sure that it's not disrespecting anybody when you play it. Nobody is really demonized at all. There isn't really even an antagonist, it's sort of like Entropy is the antagonist. Like, the lack of enjoyment of life is the antagonist to this game, and that's what it's just about. That's what I like about it. Cool. Does anyone nice. else have an argument for or get sad? I think this is another one of those matter of taste things yeah. that we were talking about earlier, where if if you like life sims, then this is going to be your game of the year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> because it is it is like the best possible version of the kind of game that Gita likes for sure. And I can tell why it's really good from playing it. But yeah, I mean, it's not 
it's not my personal favorite, but I, I can definitely see what's great about it. Probably crunching 15 hours of it over over three days was not a great call, you know? <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. I'm glad that you got the chance to at least check it out and see some of the jokes for sure. Yeah, I know. And I'm glad you could enjoy that character creator, which is like one of the... Yeah, oh, the, the character, character creator is actually fantastic. And I, I don't think that we should act like that isn't a big deal because it, it is in this day and age, even for a handheld to have the ability to have the different body types types different heights different everything so yeah and not terrible hairstyles yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> like the same hairstyles as dragon age anyway the life somewhere i can be a short black girl and like that is not possible in most games so i'm pretty down with that that's pretty awesome yeah it's pretty we sweet. talked about pokemon you know omega red and you know alpha sapphire and how it was a huge step back for that um and you know and suddenly you find you're just this perky blonde yeah. girl you know i don't i was really disappointed in that yeah. So yeah. I guess why don't Pokemon. we talk? we talk about Pokemon? Because I, I, I will cede the floor to Danielle because you have way exceeded <laughs> me in Pokemania over <laughs> over the past couple months. So I will let you. I will just let you go. So yeah, this is what's funny to me. I had never played a Pokemon game in my entire life uh, until uh, I guess November. Um, like ever. I never, ever played one. I was 14 when the first one came out in America. So I think I was just, just sort of just slightly out of the range. Like, I was in high school. It had just sort of uh, passed over my, you know, the 1984 babies, basically. We were, we were just about too old when this happened. So my girlfriend gave me the game uh, in November. And she was like, look, give it a shot. Because she writes about Pokemon every day. She <laughs> loves Pokemon. She writes about it every day. She's a Pokemaniac. And me not knowing a damn thing about Pokemon was just a problem. So <laughs> she's like, all right, give it a shot. You know, stop playing. Give it a shot. Nah, you got to beat this, though. You know, I, just whatever. Just just beat the game. You don't have to go further than that. And I was like, okay. A hundred hours later, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I have put a hundred hours into that game. And now I am uh, 12 hours into Pokemon X, which she got me for Christmas. Aww. I am now a Pokemon addict freak. I, I literally do workouts while I play Pokemon. Now. I do too. It's really yeah. it's really amazing. Um so okay, the game itself. Obviously, I, I sort of had this misconception that it's just sort of this light for kids kind of JRPG where you know you you get your your characters, you get your party members by catching them, which I always thought was a nice cute little conceit, but I never really thought about it until I was doing it. Um you know, obviously the things that are new in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire are not uh, crazily new. I think the really new stuff was in Pokemon X and Y, if I'm correct. That's yeah, it when was. The, the next generation started and yeah. when they started having uh, some of the niceties, um, the Pokedex and so on and so forth, uh, you know, sort of things that make the game a little bit easier. Uh, in, in Alpha Sapphire, which is the one I've been playing, or the one that I played 100 hours of, and those are just sort of nice features that make the game easier to play, but it really is the same general conceit. You've got this big world that you're exploring. You find little monsters, you make them fight each other, and you become obsessed with it. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I don't necessarily expect this to win the category, but it did kind of win my uh, brain this year. So <laughs> <laughs> that, for what it's worth, <laughs> I think what Bree and I were having trouble with is that it's. If this was last year and this was Pokemon X and Pokemon Y, then it wouldn't be a discussion. Yeah. Because Pokemon X and Pokemon Y were such a step up from Pokemon Black and Pokemon White 
that it, and it just made the game like so much more accessible just the one change of having the the experience share that you get after oh, a, a yeah. little bit into the game oh my god that makes such a huge difference in making the game accessible and making it not grindy and not fiddly and that was a huge thing but i think the problem with with uh, with oras is that it was basically just the same thing and even in some respects like the character creator it took a step backward from, from yeah, where x true. and y were it's kind of just one boy one girl and it's kind of yeah. eh. you know as a as in x i'm playing as a as a young girl of color instead of just sort of default white girl or whatever so yeah i can yeah. definitely definitely see that for sure yeah i mean the thing for me about pokemon is that i think nick robinson said this where his frust his eternal frustration with the game is that it still takes three different button presses to just throw a pokeball yeah why can't it just take less like why are the why is it still all nested menus and like there's a lot of huge improvements in the games as they they keep going on but yeah there's some fundamentally old school aspects to pokemon it's like Like they're actively hostile to ui choices i mean it's it's you know as a game developer it offends me the the lack of thought like they have all these modal dialogues um but that's it like danielle i'm exactly right there where you are where i'd never played one of these games before uh you know and i i picked it up and i got like we literally had a show this year that was me talking about my underground illicit pokemon trading for cash people got upset people oh, got upset yeah they I've did gotta have oh, a shiny Amolka. let's let's go pay some they money on ebay it. for that shiny Amolka. Like, <laughs> it's so good yeah <laughs> if you've never played a pokemon game before omega ruby and uh what's the other yeah. one alpha sapphire that is like ruby and sapphire were good games they were good and they were fun they were. so like yeah i get it there, those Pokemon is just a good game with some weird UI choices that <laughs> just, I don't really get. Yeah, and I mean Very I've played true. every Pokemon since Yellow, and my usual my usual deal deal with it is I'll rent it and then I'll give it like five hours and see if I really want to do this again or not. And for the last <laughs> couple of generations, it hasn't really been the case. Um, but X and Y in particular really like sold me on it to the point where I where we were at Toys R Us buying maureen and i both buying uh alpha ruby and omega sapphire for each other so that we could get the mega charizard plush that came along with it when you bought both of them because i'm a crazy person and uh you know but (laughs) it's still not as good as x and y though i i I agree with that let me i'll talk about bravely default quickly because because i'm not a fan i'm not a final fantasy person i mean i i'm trying to be and i'm (laughs) looking forward now that i have my vita of playing through seven eight nine like where i haven't ever but I got Bravely Default back in February when it was like there was nothing out at all. And I'm like, OK, well, let me just try it. And I did get frustrated with it towards the end, but yeah. I thought it yeah. was one of the it, it brought me back into JRPGs where I really haven't been able to play them before. And I found I felt like the story was really good uh, up until the point where you're 40 hours in and it tells you that time's been set back and you need to go do everything all over again. Uh, which is the point where I rage quit it, but um, the especially this was coming after you know Bree finally got me to play Final Fantasy Tactics a few months before that. So like the the class system or the job system was really kind of comfortable for me anyway, and I really liked the kind of the the changes that they made to make it more accessible to be able to you know change the number of random encounters you get so that you could get through an area or you know pump it up really high and then set 
the game speed up really high and set it to auto if you just wanted to grind for experience for an hour and not have it take, you know, six hours to get up to the next level. So I thought there were a lot of things that it did that were good. And I mean, I did end up spending 35, 40 hours on it before I gave up on it. So I think for me to spend more than 10 hours on on any game at this point is a huge accomplishment. So I thought that that was (laughs) something that just, you know, needs or I guess anything. It's not a Pokemon game, but, uh, you know, I thought that that just needed a little bit of, uh, of recognition. No, I mean, I guess just quickly, Bravely Default for me was, like, all of the things I like about JRPGs and none of the things that I don't like about JRPGs. And, (laughs) yeah, that was just really good for me. I like JRPGs. I find them very frustrating, but Bravely Default, the fact that you, like, the Brave Default system for me was just significant in that. I never guard in JRPGs because it just makes the game take more time, but here guarding has a purpose and makes sense to do, and it doesn't feel frustrating to have to do that in battle. And then just everything else about the design of that game. That was nice. I thought I thought the 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 women in that game were particularly good, but oh my god, some of the sexual innuendo from Ringabell oh, yeah. was oh, really yeah. uncomfortable. Oh my god, Ringabell is also just the worst pun of of a name, and then his whole character didn't help me like that pun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least they did call him out on it most of the time, which was and didn't just let him get away with it. But it was it, there were a couple of scenes, especially with like the magic bikini or something like that, where it was. Oh yeah, the creepy a, old man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. creepy old man was the worst part of that game. <laughs> Oh God! I hate him. He was awful. He's like, "Oh yeah, get in bed with me, haha!" And it was like, Ugh. "No thanks, bro." Um. So, it, can I talk about going on? Okay. So, do it. I feel so <laughs> strongly that this should be the choice in this category. Um, Danganronpa, like for me, when when I think about games that deserve, you know, a GOTY trophy, I it, for me, it's because. They've innovated or have done something that transcends time, like something that really deserves, that's so notable that it deserves to rise up to the level of being remembered historically. For me, Danganronpa, and I'm just going to, like, full spoilers here, except for the ending. It is a game that is so much about despair that I feel that in 2014, the year that was 100% about Gamergate, I think it is like the most apt, perfect game ever for that. And and Danganronpa yeah. at its core is about a, a cult, basically, that is trying to make people feel despair. And they don't have any ideology except for like just inflicting hatred and, and sadness on people. So... For me, as one of the women targeted by Gamergate this year, it it speaks to me so magnificently about that. But even even beyond like that personal level of it, um, I think Danganronpa is one of the best written, most powerful emotional experiences I have ever had on any platform, period. And I think it speaks so much to the series that, like, there's a wallpaper I was looking at for my computer, and it has all the characters on it from Danganronpa 1 and 2. And it's, like, 34 people in this wallpaper. And every single one of them, I look at their face and I know them as people so intimately at that point. And you you know what is good about them. And you know what is evil about them. And you know what is, what is brave and what is broken in all of these different people. And you feel so fiercely towards them. 
And I think that is a, a massive accomplishment of writing. And on top of that, like the, the, the mind twist at the end of Danganronpa 1 is amazing. Like I put that game down and I was just thinking about the ending for days. Yeah, I did the same thing with Super Danganronpa and I beat it. It was just such a, a wonderful emotional story that I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I think that's, that's the hallmark of not just a good game, but a, a truly great game. Um, yeah, I believe so strongly in this game's formula that Giant Space Cat, like, we're developing an entire engine to, like, let you do things like this. So I just, I, I, I think this game is worth getting a Vita for. I think it's one of the, the greatest accomplishments in writing I've ever seen in games. I think Monokuma is an amazing design, and I, I think it's historically important for this year. Yeah, I mean, I... I feel ya. I definitely feel ya. And I, I really want to play Danganronpa because it just seems so, really, so good. But Japanese visual novels have been at this level of writing for a while, and we just don't get very many of them is also the thing. Like, there's a lot of really, really, really good visual novels that don't get translated. I've played some of them on fan translations, not the ones that are on Vita because I don't have access to that console. But it's just... I... I I totally like get you like I just wish more American games could have the level of characterization and the level of writing that games like Danganronpa and uh, other visual novels have I, I played Nine Doors and I played Virtue's Last Reward hoping that they would be a tenth as good and they're just not I mean the writing is not as good the gameplay is not as accessible you don't care about the characters as much and the design is flat and I, I don't know, like, granted, my, my end of experience here is just three, but I, I felt like it was so much better than these other two games have been translated. And, and we're not putting it up against every visual novel that's ever been put out. We're just putting it up against these other games that we're considering for the handheld game of the year, too. Yeah. But uh, so we Bree and I disagree on games a lot. Uh, I think that's a fair, <laughs> a fair statement, right? <laughs> yeah. So. And I think we were both nervous about me playing this game, uh, I think is a fair statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, I bought a Vita. I got, I went, uh, Brie, I went to GameStop for you. Oh my God. <laughs> I went to GameStop because wow. that was the only way that I could get this in time. Wow. And I stood in line at GameStop behind people returning Xboxes for credit <laughs> to, and, and one person who apparently had bought a console at Layaway in one store and was trying to pick it up from another. Wow. To, to get this game. And I, was not sold on it at beginning because as we know, I am not a fan of games that take a long time to kind of develop. And had, I, I will tell you that had I, had you not felt as strongly about it, I probably would have given up on it pretty quickly because it does take a really long time to get going. And it, and it has to because of the way that the game is set up. But I will actually agree with you that I have not been able to put this thing down. I I texted what what was it like Wednesday morning mm-hmm. or Tuesday mm-hmm. Wednesday morning, like I got through the first trial. Is that enough? And Bree's like, no, you got to play the whole game. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well that's probably not going to happen, but I'll do what I can. But I've put in like just in the last couple days, I've put like ten hours into the game. It's addicting. It's it's incredibly addictive. The ca- and I I have had to play it only when the kids are not around because there are some extremely graphic murder scenes in the game. Yeah that 
I, I don't want them seeing. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't need to explain that to them. But so I've I've been limited in what time I've been playing, but I've still gotten ten hours into it, and and it's it's really it's it's. I'm not the kind of per- like I have trouble with games with where there's not really a lot going on and a lot of this is just kind of walking around and looking at things and but the story is incredibly compelling even though it's incredibly depressing um it's incredibly de- compelling and I I want to see what's going to happen and I'm probably going to end up playing through it pretty obsessively even though I've played we're having this discussion and I could put it down now if I wanted to but mm. I'm still going to play through it, and I may I may go pick up Danganronpa too. That it's on sale on the PSN if the PSN ever comes back up. I would put the <laughs> end boss of Danganronpa up against Sephiroth and any other character in all of video games because they are that deranged and that awesome and that interesting visually, and it, it, they they just speak so much about what we're going through in 2014. Yeah. So I was thinking about that too while I was yeah. playing it that like this this seems exactly like like what you're going through it, and, it, and it really it's, is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I I I'm with you. I I think this game is fantastic and right. I mean it's worth it's worth I mean it's worth buying a Vita anyway. I I'm actually pretty happy with my Vita purchase, but I I think this is a fantastic game that's probably worth buying a Vita for. Any so. game that Steve and Bree agree on yeah. must be an amazing <laughs> game because that almost never happens. It pretty much never Jeez. does. So <laughs> never ha- I don't know. Super Smash Brothers and Diablo, I think, are the only other one. Oh, and Peggle. But. <laughs> All right. So, Danielle, have you played it? Do you have any thoughts about it? You know, I, I really want to play it. I watched my girlfriend play it. I watched another friend play the second one. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm aware how good the game is but i have not actually gotten my my own little grubby hands on a vita to play it for myself i really liked what i saw yeah. a lot i thought it was was inventive and interesting for sure hmm. so i guess that would be probably be my vote because i know pokemon is not gonna win so <laughs> <laughs> i think pokemon is extremely good but yeah. i wouldn't be unhappy with danganronpa winning this i do think it's an extremely good game i'm just always anti-hype I guess. And I've heard so much about this game being good, but I want to I wanna keep some like reservations I have for myself so that I can be surprised by how good it is. I'll buy you a Vita. <laughs> I Merry tried Christmas. to get a Vita in time for this show, but honestly, there was just, it just didn't happen. And I'm still really angry about it. Deep down, I'm really angry. And now I'm hearing how good this game is. And My Vita has sat yeah. in a box since I beat Super Danganronpa. So just anytime you want to borrow it, that's fine. But... We have not even seen each other because I've been working nonstop. Yeah. I'm sorry. So yeah. I, yeah. I wanted to go to a GameStop, Steve style, and wait in line Ew. and do it. And there was a day when I was like, I'm going to the GameStop. And then I just, it didn't happen. I had too much other work to do. So it was awful. It was awful. I'm very uh, sad. I'm still going to do it. I'm going to get Avita and Gita. I will lend it to you. Oh, all right. So we're going to make this happen. 2015. Right. That's my resolution. All right. So, done. so should we vote? Should we vote? Yeah. That seems good. I, I'm good with Danganronpa. <laughs> so let's move on to mobile game. And so the nominees that we have for this category are Monument Valley, uh, Desert Golfing, this is the one episode where I'm allowed to talk about desert golf. <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't already done that a million times. I, I have been very good. I've only been bringing it up when other people bring it up for me. Um, <laughs> Puzzix, uh, Crossy Road, and Candy Crush, Candy Crush Soda Story. So 
does anybody want to start with anything or go gee steve i think you should start you want me to start with desert golfing i'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about desert golfing <laughs> i mean i i i'm notorious for this game right so it's 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 i don't even think we necessarily even need to describe it because if you've seen my feed you've probably seen me tweeting out pictures of it but i i think there's something to be said for a game that is so so incredibly stripped down to like barely anything where you have four colors you have like commodore 64 style graphics there's really just like a very simple mechanic that you can learn in like a minute I mean, there are subtle and there's real major subtleties there. But the fact that this game is compelling enough that you get you people who try it and they think that they're just going to play it for a couple rounds and this is stupid. And then, uh, you know, three hours later, they're on hole 200 and they're wondering what the hell happened to their life. <laughs> and I mean, but it, but it keeps happening, right? Like, I'm not I, I mean, I'm I'm a special snowflake. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> We've never but, gotten that as the title yet. I'm voting for it every week. <laughs> Georgia keeps telling me I'm a special snowflake. But and I have my own damages, but at the same time, it's like this game to just keep you just like swiping hole after hole at nothing for hours upon hours and for for thousands of holes and people like I still see green screenshots, which means that somebody got to like hole like 2500 or so. Because what ends up happening is just like these little subtle things that happen as you as you go through the game where, you know, we've talked about the cactus and we've talked about the rock and then like randomly at like <laughs> at like hole a thousand, it uploads your score to Game Center. And but, you know, after once you start getting past there, then the the color of the sky just starts really, really subtly changing color. So it goes from orange and it starts going to purple and then to green and then it goes all the way back to orange again. And it's the kind of thing that you don't notice because it's it's changing so subtly in between holes. But when you go to look at it, like at somebody else's screenshot and their their sky is green, but you don't notice it happening to you as you're going through the game because it's going so slowly. So like little touches like that and just a game that's willing to take the risk of not throwing in in-app purchases and not throwing in big congratulations every time you get a hole in one. But it's just like... Oh, you got a hole in one. Good job. Keep going because I don't care. And it's I, I think that it's so it's almost refreshing in how we talk about retro games. But this is really retro in the way that it's just really a simple mechanic just done expertly and done in a way that just makes it super compelling for everybody who who takes the time to pick it up. I'm really impressed that you talked about that for as, about as long as, as Bray talked about Detail. He didn't even take a pause. He knows you really game. have a lot to say. And I just, I don't know, Steve. I mean, I hope you're okay. I'll just say that. I really hope you're okay. Like, like, I, like it's a joke. It's a joke, but I really, I have not been as surprised by a game this year as I have by desert golfing. Seriously. Hmm. And, and I think that with Everything that we expect in a game for a game to just come out with like no fanfare and just say, here it is. This is the game. Play it forever. And, you know, to the point where people were playing it so long that he only did holes through like 3000 and had to go release an update to give more holes after that. I, I think that it's really compelling in a way that I haven't really seen in a long time. I, I, 
I respect your opinion. <laughs> I respect your opinion. Desert golf offends me beyond belief as a game developer. Okay. I think it speaks to the... That, think, that that truce was so short. It didn't even last <laughs> one more one more game. Go Two ahead. Minutes. Remember when Steve and Bree liked the same game? That feels like a million years ago. I don't even I, remember that. I feel I feel like Desert Golf. Um, I think it speaks to the to the low standards that the audience of mobile games hold themselves to. <laughs> I think it's. Oh, Brie didn't. I think she it, didn't. I think it speaks to like the. I think it speaks to the the way that so many people play iPhone games is it's a time waster, and there's no engagement. It's just like stimulus response, and there's there's no thought that goes into it, and there's no strategy in the game. Oh, I will systems. disagree with okay, you okay, so okay. much on that. Hold on, let me, let me finish. The, and then the, you can get okay, go ahead. Okay, okay. Sorry. And it just, if for me as someone that develops games, um, like Georgia a few episodes ago is like, check out Candy Crush. And I'd never played a Candy Crush. <laughs> I'm and so sorry. I have, yeah. And listen, I know King gets a bad rap. That game is a masterpiece of game design. And the people that made the levels and designed the mechanics in it are extremely, extremely good at that job. And the in-app purchases are evil, and everyone that made that game is going to hell. But, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But, I think they're already I'm in hell. I'm pretty sure Monokuma is the CEO right, of Right, yeah. But <laughs> it is a game. And I think, I, I, I do think that, like, the response to Desert Golf just speaks about the, I, I think it speaks to the, the empty, time-wasting, uh, psychological motivation for why many people play games on their phone. Do, does that make sense? Do you, do I, you, I yeah. have to disagree with you though, because okay. they, I mean, okay, oh let me, ask, let me ask you, I want, I'm, this is not, this is not like right. a, this is not, I know I'm going to the mat for this, but I love this it. Is, and this is not like a, you know, you didn't play it enough question, but what hole did you get to? Uh, about, yeah, this is actually. This isn't a question of how far you got in the game. Oh, no, because I, I do have a point, how, but I just, I just. How far did you get in the game? I, I got to about hole 200 and I okay. said to myself. Did you see a rock? Did you no. see And then you said to yourself, no, you need to stop. the rock didn't come until like full 750. And I'm like, I've got stuff to do. <laughs> so when you get into the later holes, I mean the first few There's hundred a rock holes is completely oh different gameplay. I can't believe this conversation is going on. This no, 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 no. Seriously, oh, seriously, let cool. me let me finish my okay, let me finish okay, my thought okay. and then I'll stop. I promise. Okay. But there I are just... there are some holes. I mean, it's it does lull you into a sense where you're doing like straight shot, straight shot, straight shot for a while. There are some holes where it is really, really clear that the the person, the developer of the game took a lot of care in crafting a very specific hole that has a very specific strategy that you need to, to learn in order to clear that hole. It's not just swipe and you'll eventually get into it. There, When you do get into the, the later holes, it's not every hole because that's kind of the ebb and flow of the game, but there are holes that are maddeningly difficult and re and do require really learning the industry intricacies of the game, learning the intricacies of how the ball behaves with the, the made-up physics that he's done with the sand, and being able to get the ball into a place where it, you can actually get it into the hole without bouncing out. 
it, there's actually a really deep amount of strategy. It's not in every hole, but there are some holes where it's clear that the developer took a ton of care and really is pushing that system that's as um, that's as simple as it is, but taking it as far as it can possibly go. And I, I do have a lot of respect for that. George is a, is a professional psychotherapist. How do you deal with this in, in couples counseling? Like we have two people at an impasse like this? Well, let's, well, I think let's, we move on to the next game. Let's go on to the other games and then see um, where everyone else stands. <laughs> this <laughs> is I why I'm not allowed to talk about this game anymore. No, I totally loved it. I loved how how passionate you are about the game because there's very few games you're exceptionally passionate about, and I think that's amazing. And I do actually, I, I did enjoy desert golfing quite a lot. But let's let's go past the other ones and then we can see where everyone kind of stands. Okay. So um, I'll go through. One of my favorite games. I don't actually think that it's going to win, and I'm okay with that. But um, my favorite game is actually Puzzix, which is a puzzle-like Tetris game where you really are just trying to um, fit in your little puzzle pieces to make the levels disappear. The reason that I actually love this game so much is that it was massively addicting to me, a lot of fun to play, and also really challenging at the same time, but no so cha- not so challenging that I was ma- really, really frustrated and I didn't want to put the game down. Um, it only, unfortunately, has up to level 400, and so um, it's it's unfortunately too bad that that's where it stops because now I haven't been able to play the game for a while. So, again, developer, like, add me some levels. Um, and then the other game that I really love is Candy Crush Soda, but, you know, there are in-depth purchases. It's evilly addicting. Um, it's It's a game from the dark side which, you know, looks really cute, but it's relatively nefarious in the manner in which it operates. But I still love it, and I play it all the time. It's like my stress reducer. So those are my two games that I really love, though I think that I would actually vote for Monument Valley just because it's also really innovative and beautiful. But it's not my favorite game, but I I like that one. So, Gita, do you want to talk about Monument Valley and yeah, just quickly, because I think there's more spirited desert, go- desert golfing discussion in the future. <laughs> um, I'm good. I'm good. I, I promise I'll be good for the rest of the show. No, I, I played it today. I get why you like desert golfing. It is incredibly relaxing. But I am at this point where, like, I was playing it, you know, in the restroom. And I couldn't get past a hole. And I was just like, you know what? I could not play this game. And it'd be like the same thing for me. And that was just it. Um, it's, unfortunately, that's just my sometimes like a game will either hook me or it doesn't, and I just have to make a judgment call. But I have been playing at home Monument Valley and really, really loving it in terms of just I was thinking today about fail states and not liking fail states very much and just uh, liking how I can play this game and be this character and not having the threat of death at my heels at every corner because there are some sort of fraught timing things in this game and the perspective thing is a little tricky sometimes with understanding how to work these puzzles out. I like that I'm allowed to try every and anything and I am allowed to just explore in order to find my way across a screen. I, I, I figure out puzzles without feeling like I'm doing work really, That just that I am naturally understanding and reading the language of the game and the music is so lovely and the palette is so beautiful and the design just makes me feel nice. It just makes me feel good. It is the it was the solution to the like anxiety driven holiday season for me. And I just really, really liking it. So that's my vote. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was on. I was thinking last night as I was playing Captain Toad that the reason that Captain Toad bothers me is because I feel like Monument Valley is the same game but done way better. Right. Yeah, I heard. I saw that tweet, and yeah. I was thinking yeah. about it. And I think I think you're onto something there. And that Monument Valley for me, like just everything from it, the music to the sort of the aesthetic of the art to just sort of like its its goal is not to make you feel stressed or to make you yeah. feel unhappy. Its goal is just to show you a way to look at things differently, and it's very effective in that goal. Yeah, and there's a stress that I feel when playing Captain Toad that I don't feel while playing Monument Valley, and I think that's that's kind of the, the difference between those two games. And the puzzles are hard, and I didn't really realize how hard they were yeah. until I had trouble on one of them, and I was realizing, oh, this is like a language I've learned, and I've just sort of stumbled on a weird bit of grammar, essentially. And like, I... I felt for a while there's this like weird thing about playing games and feeling like you aren't good at them unless you very consciously traverse something that's difficult. And Monument Value never feels like you're doing things that are difficult. It just makes you feel like you are walking and inhabiting and understanding. It's like looking at things from a different perspective. That's like a great name for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... Uh... I play Monument Valley. I uh, I reviewed it for Polygon actually, um, and I played that game on a rainy April day right before it came out. When I was I was fighting with my ex all day. I was like crying at work, and I played this game, and I was just sort of like, "Wow, this is this is medicine right now. This is exactly what I need. This is not only meditative, but it makes me feel smart and like I'm a worthwhile person, which is the opposite of the way I feel when I fight with my ex." <laughs> and it and it just sort of it's really interesting. I wanted to comment very briefly on on what you were saying about Captain Toad and uh, and this game. And it feels like this game is is sort of a puzzle game. It is a little puzzle box. But Captain Toad feels like a platformer where you just don't jump. And so the way the puzzles are designed uh, just feel very different in these two games. But I can definitely see where you're coming with. You know, you're basically showing different angles and you're basically traversing. You know, this weird little radical landscape so i can definitely see that but yep. uh i think monument valley will be my vote in this particular in this fight i i didn't like monument valley uh i loved captain toad i i actually felt the opposite way where for me like because i i, I really really felt like even though the mechanics were so similar that the the joy that Nintendo infused in their version of the same idea in between the delightful animations and the gorgeous color that's all through Captain Toad. Like, uh, I don't know if they're plugging in their shaders to emissive or what, but it's like this beautiful, pure color of red and all these primary colors where Monument Valley just, it, it just, it didn't click with me. And I can see mechanically how it's a well-done game, but, like, literally, as I'm playing it, like, I don't feel moved by it. I feel like, how did they do that trick in OpenGL on the iPhone? Like, I want to understand that (laughs) API they used. And it's just, it didn't didn't speak to me, but this is, like, if, if the majority of people here are going towards that... I could go for it just because I, even though I didn't like it, I can tell it's a very well done experience. Well, um, I know you're not voting for Desert Golf. No, so. no, I'll, I'll flip the show before that'll happen. <laughs> uh. Well, the other, the other game, Steve, you were going to mention as a special yeah. mention 
You, was... you go ahead, Georgia. You can talk about it, too. Well, okay, here we go. It's Crossy Road. Now, the reason yeah. that I think that we should mention it is because it's strangely addicting, and I'm going to give out yeah. my addiction to it, which is really weird, because I don't actually play the game, and I don't care about playing the game. Like, I don't care how far... Um, I get with my little creatures, like, I think I've made it to, like, 60 steps or something, and I could care less. It bothers me that a vampire bat will fall into water. I don't understand how that works. <laughs> um, but besides that, I actually play the game because every six hours you end up getting a prize, and you can actually play the little gumball machine, and you get a new creature. And I just want to gather creatures. <laughs> it's like playing Pokemon. It's like Pokemon. It's like Pokemon. <laughs> that it's the same type of addiction, and I only play it for that. Um, and I love the fact that I they've monetized the game which I think is brilliant in a way that I don't feel offended or bothered by it and so I, that's why I think it should definitely at least get a special mention because that to me is pretty amazing yeah and all the characters are really kind of ingenious too like yeah. the way that they just subtly change the the way not the not even necessarily the way the game plays but just the the look of the game like the the penguin will make everything like a snow-covered level and the if you get the dark lord that it turns it into like this hellscape where all the trees are like these these geysers that are shooting up uh lava and stuff like that and as of late it's been my addiction it's kind of replaced desert golfing for the time being though i do go back to desert golfing every so often but it's crossy road is kind of now that current fad that everybody's playing now and everybody's trying to top their score and the 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 mechanic where you actually leap over people's names as you pass their high score on uh, on game center just adds this very interesting competitive streak that I, I mean other games have it but it's not as visceral as you actually like jumping over somebody else's high score right especially when it's at a, when it's a really high high score like something up in you know the two or three hundreds and then passing that and that sense of accomplishment is really kind of special so yeah i think i think that's a great game too yeah i think crossy road also deserves a special mention because its developer is andy sum and he made game of the year 420 blaze it uh, which is oh a, my god, a, that game. A game, <laughs> a game that you should all play. It's very uh, funny. I, I remember re- reading your post and thinking I need to play that. I haven't gotten around I to it yet, but I checked need to. it out. It, if you are prone to seizures, definitely don't <laughs> check it out. I do Correct. enjoy Mountain Dew on occasion, though. The game is oh, yeah. bad for those it. with epilepsy. Yes, yep, that's, that's scary. I, that's a little scary. I was like, I can, can this game bring on epilepsy? Is that possible? Because it I might, felt it might like it, it might. Yeah, <laughs> if you are I, prone yeah. to it, you should not play a flashy game. Like the Japan episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, it's a very funny game, though. Are we ready to vote? I, I just want to say I think oh, Crossy yeah. Roads is it's it's a very well done game. Um, I thought the mechanics were a little simple, but I think the the lighting particularly was very well done. Um, I think the art style is cool, and it's it certainly deserves a, a special mention here. It's a good game. I I do want to argue for for Candy Crush because I I do think it is the most Man, the IAP on that is so evil. But is it? it is, is. So I mean, evil. come on, Georgia. You're up to like what level? Level what? Hundred and sixty or something at this point. Let me take a look. Um, but that's I with think... Georgia playing playing against the game to not give them any money too. So. I won't. Yeah, I don't give them any money. I'm I'm on one level one forty five. Level one thirty is like a killer for me. That that took me like two three weeks to pass the level. So I'm on one forty five. <laughs> but I. I would I would vote for Candy Crush Soda just because I like actually that's the game I play the most though I enjoyed Puzzix more but I play the most of Candy Crush Soda it's so horrible 
you should judge me for that, but I can't help it. No, I, I played, I probably put 20, 30, 40 hours oh, into you? that game at that point. Yeah. I, I love, love that it. game. And I love I, it. the UI is well done. The mechanics yes. is so hard to put a twist on match three that is compelling. But like the high level of this game, when you're setting up like, different combos so you can combine a fish with an explosive gem it is it is it is a really 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 well done game but i think the iap is so evil that with so many (laughs) games on this list without evil iap i'm i'm willing to to pass on that so And, and before we vote i think there's one thing that we do need to mention which there's one game that's conspicuously absent from this list which is revolution 60 which obviously we would all vote for in a heartbeat if it were if Bree were not a member of this podcast. A little bit of a conflict of interest, I think. <laughs> but so, you know, Revolution do you think 60 is well, voting for it. <laughs> you think someone would call us on that? Really? No. There might be some um, corruption. Uh, some corruption. Take it from me, Georgia. They would. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so we just want to make make note of that. That Revolution sixty came out this year. It's fantastic. You should go play it if you haven't. It would absolutely. It it would definitely be at the top of all of our lists. But it wouldn't be fair. You know, for us to put that on the list, given that Bree is is a member of the show. Well, so. I, I have to say this: like this for me as a developer is why Desert Golf offends me so much, and <laughs> because I love that she's put, she gets, takes one more hit at Desert Bri- Golf. Bri- 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 I'm so yeah. glad we started this show, Bree. I really am. So it's like when we made this game, I mean, we spent like there's a scene where you have to decide if you're going to kill someone that is in your party or not. And we we got the actors and we put together the the actors. We built this set and we like we twist out the mechanics to make people feel this emotional punch when you make the decision. And it's this this gut wrenching scene. And there were a thousand weeks of work like that on Revolution 60. And to see someone come out with something that's like basically modifying the the touch APIs to have a ball fly through the air with some freaking color calls like through I mean it's just like so offensive to me because yeah, it's but, so but simple. not every not everything is you know not everything's going to be a blockbuster sure. like no, like well, you of have of course but I'm saying you for know. me personally when yeah. I when I look for when I think about what I care about in games. I I respect mechanics. I respect story. And you know like like Candy Crush is a it's a puzzle game too, just like Desert Golf, but you can see where they put a lot of care into the UI and the mechanics are very deep. And like I people want to write about this deep spiritual experience of Desert Golf and just for me as a as a software developer it seems like crap. I I just can't even process it. <laughs> maybe you know? it's like maybe it's like Journey too where it's just you know it speaks to some people and it doesn't speak to sure, others and that's sure, okay. Sure. That's okay. Um all right so what are we what are we how are we I mean obviously I'm voting for Desert Golfing but that's you know my own damage so I'm not I'm not expecting that's going to win but <laughs> I'm voting for Candy unless Crush. I, unless I manage to sway one or one or two of you but Candy Crush. Monument Valley. Maddie? Revolution 60. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but if you had to pick from the list, what would you pick? Um, Monument Valley, but that's unfair because okay. it's the only one that I've played. Yeah. So. Besides okay. Revolution 60. I, I'm, I'm, com- I'm, I'm comfortable with Monument Valley. Fair getting... enough. Monument yeah. Valley it is. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was so good. Oh, I feel boy. Like no one's happy. 
Yeah. That's, that's, that's the best. How, that's how the Goaty show is going to go. That's Nobody's good. happy. That's what everyone Nobody's is waiting for. Walk away happy. We're just going to take a quick break to tell you about lynda.com. Uh, you can kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new with a free 10-day trial to lynda.com. Uh, Lynda is used by millions of people around the world as over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, uh, software training like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. Uh, all their courses are taught by experts, and new courses are added to the site every week. Uh, whether you want to set new financial goals, find work-life balance, invest in a new hobby, ask your boss for a raise, find a new job, or even improve on your current job skills in 2015, lynda.com has something for everyone. Uh, sign up for your free 10-day trial today by visiting lynda.com isometric, and you'll get unlimited access to every course on lynda.com, access to view tutorials on tablets and iPhone and Android mobile devices, uh, access to new courses added every week. And if you're looking to start your new game, uh, start trying to get into game development, there are a few courses you can look at. They have Unity 3D training. They have uh, programming for kids. Uh, they have a code clinic where every month uh, lynda.com issues a code challenge and authors share their solutions using a, a bunch of different programming languages. It's all really great. Um, do something really great for yourself in 2015 and sign up for a free 10-day trial to lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash isometric. And thank you so much to Linda for uh, sponsoring 5x5 and Isometric. All right, so let's go on to Indie Game of the Year. And so the games that we have on the list are This War of Mine, Shovel Knight, Curtain, Dreamfall, Cap Dreamfall Chapters, and Crypt of the Necrodancer. So uh, does anybody want to start? Do you want me to start? We can... You can start. Okay. I played this game, Steve. I played it for this, you. This War of Mine, you mean? I did yes, too. I did. Yeah. I did too. I, so this War of Mine is. I just talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show, and it's, uh, it's really an amazing uh, simulation of based on the the Siege of Sarajevo. Loosely, they they say if the the developers say it's not actually that they they're using that as inspiration, but. Um, so you play as the survivors in a besieged city and you have to keep yourselves alive until the war ends. And that means that kind of building creature comforts for yourself, making food for yourself, making water, building a bed to sleep in, and then going out at night and scavenging for supplies. And the... This game, I mean, especially the the one part that really kind of struck me is that you're not only taking care of their physical well-being, which is what is in a lot of games that are similar. There aren't a lot of games that are similar to this, but in something like that, like a resource management game, you're mostly worried about keeping your characters alive physically, but you're also trying to keep them together psychologically. And that's what really struck me is seeing their reactions to what the the situations that they're put in if they're going to rob a family that's defenseless and if you take stuff from them even if you leave stuff for them but you're taking some of that then you'll worry the character will be worrying about what is going to happen to those people and, and wondering how they could reach this point but you're also put in the position where you have to do something because if you don't have enough supplies for yourself then physically you're going to start breaking down and start seeing the the re, the the results of going out day after day on their their psychological well-being and that you know some of the people will just get into a depression and they won't be able to function and then eventually they just get to the point where they're broken and they just sit and they won't move and it it really makes you think at every step of the way and it creates a lot of tension 
in every every scenario where you're scavenging because you don't know if somebody has a gun or there's a group of people with a gun in a hostage situation or if you're going to have to have to kill somebody and then what that's going to do to that character psychologically if you have to do that and I just thought the game from start to finish was was really amazing and I'm really super impressed with it. I agree. I think it's a very well done game. Uh I thought visually it looked very good. Yeah. I think I think what indie games have a, a responsibility to do is to kind of tackle these themes that AAA will not. Um, and I think that looking at the horrors of war, um, especially here in America, where, you know, it's like, yeehaw, let's go on <laughs> into another war. And, like, you don't really ever think about what happens to civilians uh, when that happens. Uh, so... I, I feel like this is an important game. Yeah. I feel like mechanically it was well done. Um, this is not a game I enjoyed playing. No. This is a game that is horrible and depressing yeah. and um uh it just it's it's horrible. It it's there's no joy in it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it's not a fun game at all. No, no. I mean no, I've I've not. only been able to play it like maybe I play like two or three games through two or three days at a time and then I'd have to put it down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, this game was extremely hard to play. It definitely made me uncomfortable and I knew that it would, so I was really dreading it. So I feel like I really did you a big favor, Steve, because <laughs> I appreciate you that, Maddie. told us about this game and I was like this game is going to suck to play, but yeah. it I wanted to try to play at least one of the games on this list and this game downloaded faster than dreamfall chapters did so <laughs> i made my bed and then i laid in it i literally made my bed out of wood that i collected around town um that is part of this game uh so the there are some complaints that i have about it they're purely mechanical complaints like the fact that it's really easy to accidentally tell one character that you didn't intend oh to God. do something yeah, yeah yeah um so that that definitely is like a gameplay thing that i i kind of wish they'd cleaned up and they but might be able that, to patch that or something. Yeah, too. I think this was um, a very small team that made this and they really thought about how they were going to have an emotional impact. And I would say that in that area, they absolutely succeeded. And I don't think the point of the game is to win per se. It's no. more to just sort of live in this world and experience it. And at that, they they absolutely succeed. Um, but in terms of just the times when I was like, OK, I really want this guy to get some sleep while the this other character does such and such. And then I accidentally click on the wrong guy who's fast yeah. asleep. I was so mad at myself, but that's part of the game in a weird way. Like you accidentally wake up the character who's deathly ill, who you're trying to let get some sleep and try to get them to get up. And then you're like, no, 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 wait, I wasn't telling you to do that. I mean, that's yeah. even that is like an unintentional <laughs> reflection of real life in some ways. And, and how these characters are walking over each other to get to different things and pick up food and, and they're all living in these just squalid conditions. I mean, it's it takes resource management, which is just a typical gameplay mechanic, and twists it in a way that is really compelling and hard to do. So, yeah, I, I have a lot of compliments for it, clearly. Yeah. I, I thought that UI decision was just bad. And yeah. it, it made me angry. <laughs> it made and me I don't, angry too. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's metaphorical. I, I don't either. Was, no. But there were like unintentional frustrations. Right, right, right. Well, that well, it's, from it's it. bad in that it takes you out of the game a little yeah. bit. And it, it keeps it takes you out of that feeling that this that feeling of of desperation and and hopelessness that you're feeling. And it just kind of takes you into a frustration with the game itself as yeah. opposed to what's happening within the game and, right. and the feelings that you're feeling in the game. But I mean, as far as as far as a game making me feel things, I mean, this is 
bar none, made me feel things and made me think about things that that nothing else has had. And I did not, I didn't enjoy playing this game, but I appreciated the hell out of this game. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. It, I do too. For me, because I'm a psychotherapist, and so I deal with people that are actually going through traumas that have been through things like this, it was really hard for me to play. Yeah. Um, I think that it had a great... Um, social stance where it made you really think about what are the costs of certain decisions that we make. And I think that it also made you appreciate if you are not in a land that is war-torn and also have much more empathy for those that um, are. And I think it's like almost the opposite of many games, which are hack and slash and murder and mayhem without any cost or consequences. And so for that, I think that it's social commentary is really strong, but it really damaging and difficult to play and i worry about people that are already yeah. dealing with yeah. depression or anxiety i don't recommend or it for don't that play <laughs> the game might not be for you but i do think that it had a very important stance and i like the fact that it made you really think about what you did and there was a huge cost to every action that you had in it i i would say this i would say this um and this is a philosophical thing but an indie game, I agree the indie game should explore themes that AAA would not. Like, Revolution 60 would never get made at a AAA studio, like women in every single one of the roles. It just wouldn't happen. But, and, and I can go either way on this, but if we're trying to say the best game of the year is just having a strong social message enough for that, because I, I want to be clear, I did not enjoy playing this game. It was unpleasant yeah. uh i thought the mechanics with the the trading and the digging out rubble and invading people's house were okay not particularly innovative and i guess my question is like we all agree about the social worth of this game but shouldn't you enjoy playing a game that we say is the indie game of the year because i would say yes hmm. i'm not I, sure i, I don't would. know that you need to enjoy art in order to appreciate it and to I mean, I think that there are examples of of art that are not for enjoyment. I mean, just because games have typically been an entertainment medium, I don't if if it's going to progress into an art form, which it is, I think that you have to have art that is not necessarily to be enjoyed, but yes, but definitely to be appreciated, if that makes sense. Okay. I I think there's an argument about the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a fair argument. I mean, it's almost limiting to the to the medium to say that it has to be fun. I mean, it has to be enjoy, it has to be to the point where you can play through it and to the point where it's not discouraging you from experiencing it. But I don't know that it necessarily every experience needs to be something that you're going to play for enjoyment. I got 70 minutes into this game and I won't play it again. It's yeah. it's just too much. I mean, I just I can't, you know. Yeah. No, so, I got that's, it. That's yeah. legit. Well, there's another game on this list, actually, that Danielle put on that I've played as well that is not fun to play either that actually has some similarity to This War of Mine, I thought. Curtain or This War of Mine because I'm just not in the place where I can. No, I know. Yeah. But yeah, like Bree was saying, there is a great responsibility of indie games to approach topics that AAA can't or won't. But there's also this list is not exactly a ha- it's split down the middle towards games that are pure yeah, yeah. pure mechanics and games that are really about this is a thing that's human and real and you're gonna experience it now and it might not feel great. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have, that's a great point. We have some games on here that are really joyful and we have some games that are just huge downers. And I, I feel guilty even recommending stuff like this to people, the downer games, because I know that it's not an escapist fantasy. It's, it's a different kind of escapism. Like, you know, you wouldn't not recommend a movie like The Pianist or Chinatown to somebody because they're huge downers. Those movies are enormous downers but there's like this thing about like let's putting it mildly you know um but there's a thing about games where you know a lot of people use games as an escape in a way that's different from how movies are used as an escape that i find really interesting and i think this sort of split in indie games particularly is like a interesting way to discuss what games can do and how they can do it and what people want from games that's clearly something that's very relevant in our lives all right now. Right. Yeah. So for Curtain, it's um, it's like a an, I like I I started playing. It. It's a really choppy kind of like eight bit ish kind of looking game that you go through, and it's about dealing with um, abuse and what it's like from from the inside being in that relationship, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I had mechanics problems with playing the game, so I also found it exceptionally frustrating to to try to move around and do the <laughs> yeah. right thing, which it's might so be hard. part of the gameplay. But I'm I like, how is. do I turn off the stupid <laughs> alarm? I'm like, I'm pressing buttons and I keep on going back to sleep, and now I'm angry at myself. And then suddenly I'm in the bathroom, and I'm like, I don't want to be in the bathroom. And how do I get out of this room? Um, but I I enjoyed the 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 look into what someone that's actually experiencing abuse from one type of form would go through. Yeah. I mean, I liked it, but I, I liked it in the sense that I appreciated it. Like Steve was saying, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who's even slightly depressed. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, definitely not. No, no, no. Yeah, I wouldn't. Is like an achievement of aesthetic um, and an achievement of like artistic vision that really should be appreciated. We talk about in games a lot, sort of achievements of design and purity of design, but curtain is something that comes from a really strong base in theory and also a really strong emotional base. And everything about curtain is about this abusive relationship in every way, even the sort of blurry, difficult to discern like images it it reminds you in every aspect about of trauma and it's an artistic work and I, I'm you know I'm starting this art gallery thing and I think about art a lot and people don't want to talk about you know games and art but I do think you know in the indie sphere a game like Curtain has a lot in common it is definitely a game it is a game and there's no argument about that but it also it comes from like a fine art place that I really appreciate and always love to see in games so that's all danielle do you want to pick it up and talk a little bit about curtain i just feel like this um because i have you know personal experience with uh sort of the theme and it is a, mm. a very dark theme it's about abuse it's about a abuse with between women in a in a lesbian relationship um i just feel like this really really hit some very, very deep notes for me. Um, and I think it was done with incredible respect and incredible feeling and emotion and passion, uh, from the person who made it Laura Dreamfield. And, uh, this is really what I, I like to see in games. You know, I love Nintendo games and I love, 
games where I shoot things. And I also love games that really make me feel something and really feel like a very personal uh, and very strong uh, artistic exploration of something. Uh, and th- this really floored me in a way that very few things have uh, in, in games. So uh, this will definitely be my vote. <laughs> Danielle, I just, I, I can't play it because I just, I'm not in the place where I can, but I think that this game for me is just so just complete and it's just every aspect of it that I've seen and the way people talk about it, it's just an achievement. It's like an achievement and it's respectful and human and what I want out of games as well. This, that kind of, not just like a a gameplay mechanic surrendered in this experience, but something that you can hold and feel and you for moments sort of transcend your own experience and understand someone else's. I love that the graphics though, unfortunately did not win me over. And, and I feel bad saying that because I think that the um, social commentary is really important. And I think, so I feel bad, but it frustrated me and the mechanics, the game mechanics really frustrated me. And so I do. Yeah. I, I find that on the low end for me. Yeah, I get it. I mean, to me, it's like experimental music where I like fully get what it's trying to do, but I can't listen to it. You know, yeah. I mean, I played Curtain, but I understand why somebody else would react to it by being like, I can't play this from a just purely aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. I I feel bad. Like, I didn't know I needed to play this for the show today. So I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't played it. Um, it sounds great. I I intend to. Do you want to talk about uh, Dreamfall then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel very strongly about Dreamfall. Uh, I, who else? Who else here has played Dreamfall? I played Dreamfall. It... I, I played okay. some of it, but my computer was super struggling with it. I'm pretty sure my computer is still downloading it. No, just kidding. I totally paused it before the show started. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was. I, I was it. having some real. I mean, even on the lowest of low um, settings, I was having some pretty bad struggles with it. Yeah, mine's really? saying nine hours estimating for all really? the patches. Yeah, I don't really? know. Because it took me like like thirty, but I, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Thirty minutes? Uh, you mean you lucky duck? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm dealing. I'm also dealing with like the hotel Wi-Fi because oh, I'm recording this show while traveling right. with my family. So yeah, I'm right, really right, going above and beyond here, guys. Anyway, <laughs> enough so Bree, bragging. Bree, go go give us a little bit of what is Dreamfall and why did you vote for it. So, I mean, you guys are talking about Curtain because it, it, it came at a, at a point in your life. Well, it, it spoke to your personal experiences. For me, Dreamfall, um, let me tell you the story of when I was starring Giant Space Cat. Um, you know, I had gone through a, just a hellish time. And, you know, like um, basically one of the most more frustrating things when when I got married to Frank is I left uh, a job I really, really enjoyed in in uh, Colorado. And, you know, I had an iOS job lined up in California, and then Frank and I got married, and I suddenly found myself in Boston. And I felt just really thrown for a loop. And I was sitting here in Boston, and I didn't know anyone, and I was kind of going, like, what am I going to do with my life? And I picked up Dreamfall for the the, the longest journey for uh, 360. And Zoe Castillo is, I, I think she ranks as one of the the most important 
best done female characters in all of game history. And there's a reason the game won so many awards. Like she is, she's, you know, this thing we talk about so much on the show, like she's not just a sex object. She's a a three dimensional person with feelings. And I, I find in a, in a year where, Let's be honest, Destiny is not that different mechanically from Titanfall, which is not that different mechanically than, you know, Wolfenstein, which is not that different mechanically than Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. We have this dearth of these action games, and there are so few developers out there that are creating story and characters. And in the same way that Danganronpa just really, really spoke to me, I, I found that Dreamfall is is just as good and better as the previous ones. And it uses this, this beautiful surreality and, and this, this metaphor to talk about these primal, eternal truths in the human existence that were true a thousand years ago and will be true a thousand years from today. And it is just so incredibly moving. The art in it is so beyond great for an indie game. Uh, like the new character models of Zoe, it, it's, it's just wonderful. And I mean, on every single aspect, I think this game massively succeeded. It succeeds in building a world that I want to be in. It succeeds in creating characters that I care about. It succeeds in diversity. It succeeds artistically. It succeeds mechanically in taking away some of the the worst decisions, uh, like in game mechanics, from Dreamfall Longest Journey. And I think as a beautiful, wonderful, fun-to-play product... I think this was just head and shoulders above anything else I played this year. And even if it doesn't win this category, I just, I really want to urge all the isometric listeners to make time and and give this developer your money because we don't need any more stupid freaking Call of Duty games. Like we've got (laughs) that. We need story. We need characters. We need things that speak to who we are. And what this developer is doing is so beautiful and so important. And I just, I, I love it. It, it, it. Do you guys know what I mean? Yeah. I'll give you my experience when playing the game because it is, it is really a stunning game. I loved it from the opening and I loved it has a completely different look about things and it has some commentary that's, I think, really, really uh, important. But so I'm playing the game. I'm really into it. And uh, suddenly I see I'm I'm not going to bring any spoilers. So I see this woman just falling from the sky and she's like, oh, Mm -hmm. man, she's falling from the sky. Anyway, so it's like press X. I'm like press an X. I can't reach this woman. And then so I'm traumatized because she falls down and she's like, ah, help me. And then another she falls down again. And this woman keeps on falling down from the sky. And I'm trying to press an X and Y and it is not happening. I don't know how many times I let this poor woman's (laughs) dream thing fall from the sky and drop down and die, I was so upset and frustrated (laughs) that I had to go online and because I couldn't, this is the first interaction (laughs) that you're 
doing it. I can't pass it. And I'm like, what's up? And I don't know if it was because I'm on a, I'm playing this on, on my computer. So I'm playing this on Mac. And so I have, I'm using the joystick. So I got my Xbox joystick and then I'm trying to then use the controllers on the game as well. And I don't know what, but I had to, like, it took me probably about 40 minutes to pass that oh piece my God. just to get it. And then I Ow. looked online, and unfortunately, a lot of other people, there were just huge forums of discussions on how to pass this one section. And so, unfortunately, if you're playing it on PC, you might have some game mechanic difficulties which were really stressful for me. And so I did not get much past that part because I'm of sorry. That. Wow. Um, but I, uh, it seemed really great besides that, but that was so frustrating for me. Yeah. I, I had a similar thing. Cause I was able to, I was able to get through the first chapter. It, it was, it was a struggle with my computer, but I was able to get through the first chapter, but then I got to the second chapter where you're walk, you're trying to unlock a door or you're trying to pick a lock and I can't find whatever it was. Yeah. And I ended up walking around this floor like three or four times in slow motion because my computer is struggling to keep up with it. And that and I wow. couldn't like I had some I had an idea of what I was supposed to do, but I couldn't quite figure it out. And then my computer was struggling so bad that that it was not clear to me what I was supposed to do. And I, I had to give up at that point because I just it was like it was like walking through quicksand. Yeah. I didn't have any of that happen. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to go through this game because I know it's not, you know, a particularly long game and I knew it was important to you, but my computer was just like struggling really hard with it. So what I mean, just it people are gonna be listening to this. Like how old is your computer? It's a two year old computer. Okay, wow. So it's not I mean it's a Mac, so it's not a gaming powerhouse. But it's I, I you know, I have some frame rate issues from time to time, but nothing nothing like this. Okay. I have a, a retina MacBook Pro and just had no issue at all with it but you know that's i also bought like a maxed out top of the line machine for maya two years ago so so hopefully when i get my next computer i'll be able to play through it well i mean that's you know if the developers aren't optimizing their code i mean this is done with unity isn't it i don't know i think it is um i mean if they're not optimizing their code enough for people to play it i mean that's that's utterly legit so Yeah, mine so, was mine was a gameplay thing. It was not because of my computer cuz my my computer's yeah. like new, like this yeah. year new. It's it's a fast computer and everything played really quickly. But it was just I don't know. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That's I was disappointed cuz I knew it was important to you. I was trying to play through it, but it just it yeah, wasn't happening. I mean, it's I didn't like Desert Golf. So, okay. We all did Danielle, the best we could. Like, did, did, did you guys play this at all? Or Wanting I to play that game, not. but I have not oh, had a chance. Okay. Well, I think we know it's going to win. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, we still have a couple more to mention We have still a couple here. more games. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about Shovel Knight because, I mean, okay. and uh, my other game was a real downer. And, and I think this is a game <laughs> that brought me pure joy. Um, I mean, I've talked about... You know, the fact that I haven't had the, the NES was really the only console I had until I was in college and, you know, was able to buy myself a console with like summer job money. And so I spent a lot of time playing games like Mega Man 2 and Super Mario Brothers 3 and, you know, games that when everyone else had moved on to the SNES and the Genesis and the PlayStation, I was still playing those games because that was all I had. And Shovel Knight came out and Shovel Knight is basically if you took 
all of the best parts of all of those games and then added a whole bunch of modern conveniences to it and put together a really kind of clever world and some just a, a small number of mechanics, but really well executed. And the game is just a blast from start to finish. And I wasn't even really all that interested in the game when it first came out. And then I started reading about it and they actually limited themselves to only what an NES would have been able to do. I mean, maxed out, obviously, but um, I I got Shovel Knight for my 3DS. I almost listed it under handheld, but I figured this is more appropriate place to put it. Um, I just thought that, especially as on the 3DS, it was, it almost, it felt really comfortable right next to all the virtual console games I have on there. And it was just a pure joy from start to finish and a really, a really fun game and a fun surprise. Can I just say a counterpoint to that, Steve? Sure. So when we talked about this game on the show many, many months ago, I was really excited about it. And I was like, I can't wait for them to release the version of the game where you get to play as a lady knight. Yeah. And they still haven't nope. done it. Yeah. And they Neither promised that too. for free yeah. on no, their Kickstarter yeah. page. And people, yeah, Payday 2 has released a DLC. Did they finally do that? Yeah, they did. They just came out a week or two ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Payday 2 is doing better than you, Shovel Knight. So, like, (laughs) I realize, I realize the excuse here. It's a small team. They're independent developers. They've got a lot on their plate. But from what I understand, they have put out a lot of other updates, and they have not focused on this one. And basically, their priorities are that that isn't important and yeah. like honestly yeah mm-hmm. my feelings are kind of hurt because people who have listened yeah. to isometric this whole time may recall that on that show very very long ago i said i am going to buy the game as soon as they put that patch out and they still haven't and i still haven't bought the game because at this point it's a point of pride for me and i'm not buying the game until they put <laughs> out that stupid thing because i want to play as a lady and they promised me that it could be done so yeah i'm i'm kind of annoyed at yeah, them. that's fair that's i fair. bought the game before it I, I bought that game ahead of time, assuming they would do that because they said that they would. And you know what? It's 2014. I'm sorry. I'm pissed off about the lack of representation, and I don't have to bake. I don't have to buy games or support developers that don't respect me enough to to do that. Yeah. And um, also, I don't think this game's that great. I I, 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 I I don't I don't think we can throwing the hammer good. down or throwing the <laughs> shovel down as the case may be. Listen, okay, this industry is chock a block with freaking twelve year old boys that are allegedly men, and you see that with like the Binding of Isaac, which is a game for South Park mental like level twelve year olds, and you're fighting poop monsters, and this game is like. <laughs> So much. It's not quite that what, bad. It's, it's, not, like, it's not. What game was that again? Because I think I might have to download that game. The Binding, Binding of Isaac. Of Isaac. But, but I'm just joking. Like I'm just the, joking. The butt mode joke. And yeah. it's just like, it is It is a game that is bereft of diversity. And it is just, it's, I, I don't, for me personally, I played through the NES era. I played through Super Nintendo era. I understand those games. And like appealing to my nostalgia about that era is not enough for me. It, okay. It's just not. So free on this one. I think like shovel Knight looks, I mean, I saw previews and gameplay of shovel Knight, and I, I have some reverence. Like I played super nice with my brother, you know, when, when I'm, you know, when he had one and I played Genesis with him, but like, 
I don't have like a reverence for that era and I, I appreciate the things that they did, but I'm also not really, I don't think nostalgia is enough for me to like want to play Shovel Knight. And it's, it's a lot of the game I think is banking okay. on you feeling nostalgic for the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is, that's a hundred percent of it. If you don't have nostalgia <laughs> for those games then you're not, I mean, it's, it's probably not going to speak to you. I just, I don't, I don't see what it does better. Than say you know Link's Awakening, which it's which is a great game, from. still worth playing. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Yeah, well, I like it. Well, let's go. Let's yeah. go to another one. And this one <laughs> I thought was really fun. It's Crypt of the Necrodancer. It's like a two D dungeon crawler, uh, but they did actually do something that's a little bit innovative, and it goes with music, and you have to actually attack and move to the beat. Um, so I took dance lessons. They didn't really help me. Uh, to try to play the game better. <laughs> I forgot that you took dance lessons to play this game. That is like an important part of isometric lore that Georgia did that. I really did. Um, it didn't help me at all, though. Um, I still have no rhythm. But um, but I thought it was a really cute game. I liked the idea of, though it's like, you know, a very 2D simplistic game. But I like the idea that they innovated with that. It made it a little bit more fun. Added to the stress of you always having to move it up. Um, and I think that it's a really cute game dancer also i'm also not very good at it i do too yeah me too i i mean I, I gushed about this game at the time and i mean just the little touches like them letting you plug a dance pad into it and being able to play it with a dance pad and just doing all the controls around the four arrow keys specifically so that you could play it with the dance pad and the you know how the the shopkeeper will go into like this opera singing yeah. when you get close to it that's that's <laughs> that in time so with, the, with the music yeah. It's just it all great. these and, – and the way that, that they kind of – instead of making it just attack, defend, attack, defend like most roguelikes where you – it's a, more about movement and about avoiding the attack and it almost makes you feel like you're dancing around the uh, the enemies in order to defeat them. It's just everything about it is delightful. It was it's like well the done. dance yeah. off from Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, it's a game <laughs> yeah. that's so, built around fun and that's yeah. also something I yeah. value. I don't know. I'm just... so, so do you think that we could take it to a vote just because of time? Because yeah. we still have the big yeah. one coming up yeah. and uh, we've all, we're almost at three hours. So what I, I'm going to vote for Crypto the Necrodancer, not or th- this word of mine, I think, is really important. And I'm torn between the two of them. So if everyone goes with this war of mine, I will switch that and I would be OK with that. I would love that I could vote for Dreamfall Bree, but. If you have problems, you can't do it in good conscience. I can't because I did not get enough of the game, and it was so stressful that I actually was was surfing the web to try to figure out how to pass. Um, so unfortunately, that that will be my my thought for it. Where is everyone else at? I'm still going for this war of mine. I, okay. I mean, I understand the the objections to it, but I think it's important. Fair. Hmm. Maddie, so you got to say curtain. Curtain. Okay. Am I going to be the tiebreaker? Oh, this well, is what, really is, what does Gita, Gita, what did you choose? Yeah, Gita, who, what do you choose? Curtain? For me, it's that it's, it became, for me, it's, it's down to Crypto the Necrodancer, Curtain. One game which I, you know, can't, hadn't really played, and another game which I played a bunch and find really enjoyable. But the problem is, like, as always, it's sort of deciding to, between, like, mechanics or, like, like this sort of um ideal of like artisticness or like humanity and i i have absolutely no idea which i value more in games you know <laughs> okay i think it's maddie maddie is it, it's you 
You're the decider. Gita, are you refusing to decide? Oh my God, you can't do this to me. I vote for both of them. (laughs) They're both my vote, Curtin and Crypto the Necrodancer. It's up to you, Maddie. Um, oh, oh no. (laughs) Okay, I'm, I'm, I apologize to art everywhere, but I think I'm going to vote for Crypto the Necrodancer. I'd be, I'd be okay with it too. Only because, only, can I just say, it's only because I love music so much and anytime a game incorporates music in a way that actually works and is satisfying, it just impresses me. So, I mean, it doesn't, it's not much to look at. It's a really straightforward game, but I just, I really enjoy that element of it a lot. And I I didn't check it out until fairly recently. I wish I had checked it out sooner when Steve talked about it, but I'm I'm really glad that it exists. So, yeah, but I also, I also really like Curtain and this war of mine, they're both really, really important. And this was hard. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm yeah. comfortable with Crypt of the Necro Dancer. I think that that's, a, that's worthy of being a game of the year, indie game of the year, sir. So, Crypt of the Necro Dancer and a special mention to, you know, Curtain, this war of mine, and hopefully yeah. for people that have played Dreamfall, <laughs> I'm going to keep on trying it and see, you know, and, yeah, and take it's another check nine out. Nine hours it. from now when it installs, I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> Dreamfall <laughs> seems like the kind of game that I would really like, also. Let's, Let's do get this. to the last one. Okay. okay. Is, All right. It, Danielle, wait, wait, wait. is Danielle drummer. still with us? Okay, I just want to okay. make sure I haven't heard you in a while. Can, can so, we okay. have a drum roll? Can someone do okay. a drum roll? So we've got a. We've got a lot. Well, Bree, Bree's the one who does drum rolls, right? <laughs> All right. So, and we, the so for triple for, for triple A game. Oh. So there's a lot. So we have Dragon Age Inquisition, Danganronpa, Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U, Shadow of Mordor, Bayonetta 2, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, and Alien Isolation. Do we so, want to eliminate any right off the bat? Or or we're sure we want all of these? Because some of these have multiple people voting for them. Yeah. yeah. What's yours between Donkey Kong Country and Alien Isolation? Well, I'll tell you the way I uh, I voted at Polygon. <laughs> I voted Alien Isolation number one in okay. Donkey Kong Country number two. Okay, so, uh, so can we delete? Donkey I understand Kong Country? if I gotta if I have to choose one, <laughs> it would be Alien. Uh, but Donkey Kong Country, I will I will honor it. Okay. I, I want to honor okay. it. There, fair. It, it, it's worth my. T- <laughs> so you're saying it's worth my time? Oh yes. I'm gonna go on record. I hated that game. Okay, really, well, that means Brie okay. will like it. Brie, so you Brie will get probably it love Steve it. Steve hated it. My game of the year. I, see, the problem, <laughs> I'll just say quickly, I guess the problem that I have with that game is that the difficulty level was so high right off oh, the it's bat. Hard. That yeah, it was, it's hard. It may have been well designed, but it was so hard without really a di- really ramping up. And I like difficult pro- platformers, but this was hard even for me. Even the first boss took me like an hour and a half to clear. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a hard game for sure, and, and it's it's hard to the point where I think it's you know dissuade people from actually being able to experience it. No, I I understand. I just think it's a beautifully beautifully designed game. I wrote a thing about it. You can check it out on yeah. Twitter. But yeah. if, if Steve likes it, uh, doesn't like it, I have to say it's my game of the year, and we're going to now debate it for five hours. <laughs> we're going to go for it. Yeah. No, okay. I didn't play let's, it. Okay. I didn't let's, play it. Let's let's keep it going because we're at three. Yeah, this is taking. Yeah, <laughs> if you're still listening to the show, you get a medal. Dragon Age Inquisition and Danganronpa. We've also already talked about it. Like, do we have anything else that anybody wants to say about it in this context, or are we good just leaving those on the list and moving on? Okay. Is there Why? a serious argument for Bayonetta two? Are, are you going to argue for that, Maddie? 
I mean, it's my personal favorite game of the year, but I realize that may not be the case for anybody else in this show. But that's okay. But if you if it's, it's your nice. favorite for the personal, it is. It is. I I don't. I. It's okay if nobody wants to talk about it. But I liked Bayonetta two more than any other game. I didn't feel like it innovated enough from Bayonetta one for me to vote for it on this list. It it feels like pretty much the same game. So well, but one could make the same argument for Danganronpa, no? Because aren't we voting for Danganronpa two this year instead of the first one? I think it's both uh, together, the first really. One came, yeah, both came out this they year. They both came the out this year. Oh, United okay, States. fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I don't have to talk about Bandit two on the show, but just personally, it was the game this year that I enjoyed the most. So I, okay. I'm not gonna lie. But no, yeah, that could I be get your that game. It won't win. That's, it it, won't it, win. No, that could be your game. You can fight for it because maybe. Yeah. Well, I love. No, I'm I not going to fight for it because it won't win. Everybody else talk. Dr- you know oh. what? Desert Golfing had no chance in hell of winning, and, and I still. And he fought for it. <laughs> it's okay. He fought for it, Maddie. It does look like an absolutely fabulous, fun, beautiful game. Like it looks sick and amazing. So you know, you can still say that's your vote. That's cool. It's my vote. Thanks. I okay. mean, people who listen to this show know why. <laughs> So it's okay. Well, do we want to talk about Smash? So let's 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 talk about Smash. And I I mean, I think that there is there's not a better party game that's come out in a really long time. Nope. Than than Super Smash Brothers. I mean, Rock Band was kind of my go to for that for a really long time. And like Bree came over to my house for Christmas Eve this year and immediately like came in the door. It's like after about five minutes, okay, let's go play Smash. And we played Smash for what like two hours. While we're waiting for the food to cook. At least. At least. And everybody who was there was able to pick it up and just have a ball. And it's like every time that we've done this, I mean, we've done it, you know, we've we've never had fewer than like six people playing. And it's never, it never gets boring. It just seems to be like the perfect party game that anybody can come pick up and play almost the way that Wii Sports was when the Wii first came out. Like this is that for the Wii U. And it's just... It's clear how much detail they put into it, how much how much love they put into creating these characters and creating all of the the stages and the, the attention to detail and all the the, mu- the just the soundtrack alone is has got to be several like almost a dozen hours I would bet of of just stages stage music that they've like orchestrated for this game that some of it people may never even hear and you know the number i mean there are problems with the ui of actually getting into all the stages and some of the things that we can complain about about the the gamecube controller adapter not being around and and you know the 3ds version and whatever but i i have yet to play a better party game in like the last five years than super smash brothers for the wii u it's fantastic it's probably my second favorite (laughs) yeah yeah If I have to have a second favorite. (laughs) Wii U is the one AAA game this year that I wanted to spend all of my time in. You know, like I, there are other good games that came from AAA that are good or mechanically good. Our achievements are, are significant, but Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U is all of those things for me. And also I want to play that game like all of the time. And I just don't feel that way about, I mean, I haven't played Shadow of Mordor or Alien Isolation. And I feel like despite not super liking Lord of the Rings stuff. I'd probably enjoy Shadow of Mordor. And I love just all things alien, so I probably would like Alien Isolation. So, But I I just feel like even next to those two like serious person games, it's weird, I'm making the different argument that I made in the indie game category, but next to those two serious person, adult person games, I just want to play Super Smash all the time. I want to play Super Smash every day. 
<laughs> I want to and I do. <laughs> Settle it and smash. Yeah, I mean, I have spent the most time on Smash for sure. So I, I it, I, but the thing about this category that's tough for me is that Brie had said that it needs to be the game that going forward we look back on 2014 and we're like, this yeah. is the game that came out that year. Yeah. And I mean, it's possible that for me personally, I'll look back on this year and be like Super Smash, but I'll probably also be like Bayonetta too. So, so for me, those are like my two that I'll look back on this year and that'll what that's what I'll associate with the year. But I don't know if Super Smash is like gonna explode everybody's perceptions of time and space. It's not. I don't know if it's that. <laughs> I I got completely addicted to Super Smash. I, I played it last night until three in the morning. Uh, you know, I played it yesterday. <laughs> I woke up. I played it for three hours. Um, I think this is an amazing game. But what I think is holding me back from voting for it for Game of the Year is it's a very iterative game. Yeah. And even though they've gone through and redone all the models and there's a lot more rigging, like I looked at it versus the Wii U, and they've clearly gone through each of their their characters and have done a retopology pass from like the, the higher resolution versions and added new rigging in the face and like all of that. Like it's a it's a much more detailed game. But it's still just iterative from the previous versions. And even though I think it's a very great game that I've played the hell out of, I, I'm i not saying I'm not going to vote for it because I want to hear other arguments. I'm saying for me personally that the fact that it's 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 kind of like Mario Kart 8, even though it's much better than Mario Kart 8. It's it's evolutionary, not revolutionary. And I don't know where in game history, if I, I don't know if it really rises to the point of a historically important game. Does that make sense? It, it may. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It may. Yeah, it, sure. it doesn't really move the industry forward, per se. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I was, because I was thinking about this, too, because I've been spending a lot of time over the last couple of days playing, uh, playing Wii U with the kids, right? So we've been playing that and we've been playing mario kart 8 and i've been thinking about this a lot and it's like i don't play smash when i'm not playing either at at a party situation or when the kids want to play it like it's just something that i've i i I enjoy it i mean i played it enough on the 3ds to kind of get my fill of it for myself and then for the when the wii u version came out it was kind of like okay well i've played this i don't really need to play this anymore but it's a blast when i play it with people but to play on my own, you know, just practicing or playing through some of the modes, like, I'm, there's other things I want to play. Yeah. So do we want to talk about Shadow of Mordor? Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> I might have a few words to say about Shadow of Mordor. Um, okay. So I, I do. I really do love the game. I don't actually like Lord of the Rings. I, well, I like Lord of the Rings, but it's, I'm not a – I don't like Hobbits. But anyways, um, I, what I think is that I think that they really did innovate something that – is going to change the manner, hopefully will change the manner in which we deal with death and with bosses. I think that the nemesis system is absolutely amazing. And I've never felt that, that I really felt a death. I felt it personally. I was angry at the Uruks that would then talk trash to me after they killed me. And then when they saw me later, they would actually be like, hey, didn't I just kill you? And I was angry and I wanted to go after them on a personal level. And I loved that. I thought it was so much fun. Um, I also thought that they did a great job with making it make sense that your character could die multiple times and then come back into the game. And I love that they weaved that into the gameplay. 
Um, I love that each of the Uruks were, were personalized. They had really funky, fabulously hilarious names. And then they actually played through it. So there was one named like Gimli the Happy and he just made like a snarly happy face and giggled the entire time. And it was like creepy and weird. And each one actually had a personality that I thought was really fun. I thought it was also innovative in that you could play the game as you wanted to. So I was more of a stealth, sneaky kind of person. My husband played it as a brute and would just like run at everything and try to hack and slash everything, which made it interesting to watch and to play. Um, and then they really like we were always talking about how there's no female characters. And then they actually added a patch where you could play as Lothariel, um, who was a female character, female lead though she she had a very manly voice because <laughs> it was still it was yeah, just a skin the it voice was just acting. a skin so you, <laughs> you were you were talking as the guy they got rid of a whole bunch of the scenes just to make it easier but maybe they'll they'll add a patch to make her sound uh more female um on the the con side though it did not have a great story and the final boss was pretty lame this, but the, they actually have already added extra levels that you can play if you've already finished the game um, and other chapters that you can end up doing. And I think that that's also really cool. So I think that we would look back and say that Shadow of Mordor changed and innovated. So that's why it's my game of the year. I, I think it's very valid for that. I thought the ZBrush work on the, the creatures, like the way they painted the, the normals into their face to make them look all glistening and and very detailed. Every single one of those models was very lovingly done. I thought the combat was really well done. I didn't think the environments were super well done. I thought they were like recycling static meshes from different game libraries, but just, just overall, I thought it was well done as, as a feminist, that game horrifies me except for the patch. Uh, I did think that was, that was better. Uh, and I, that's when I picked up and played it. And I thought they, given the engineering constraints, I thought that was acceptable. But I just, it it really turned me off to be like yet another game where the woman is just brutally murdered in the first five minutes. But as far as it being like a historically important game, I would argue it is probably going to end up being more historically important than Super Smash might be. That's that's a guess. I that. agree with that, yeah, actually. I agree with that, I agree with that. I think the, the Nemesis system is probably the only next-gen thing we've seen this year. Yeah, I feel like a lot of games are going to start doing that. Yeah, you're going to see that copied a lot. And, and I mean, I'll say that I, I hated this game when I first started playing it. <laughs> and I, I don't like stealth games. Uh, and I, I'm terrible at them. And I thought that the difficulty curve in the first the beginning of the game was kind of upside down, where it's really, really difficult when you start until you start going through some of the lower level, like the, the enemies never really get, they don't get that much more difficult as you go on, but you're, you get more powerful. So it's really difficult at the beginning when you don't have any powers. And as you earn powers, it gets easier almost to the point where at some points it's a little bit too easy. Um, but I, I tell you, I thought the nemesis system was a total gimmick and then crimp, the devourer came back after the third time that I thought I killed him and he reared his, and he reared his ugly head again. I'm like, I can't believe that he's back again. And I just want him gone. Cause I don't want to see his stupid face anymore. I've had someone chase me. It was so scary because usually the bosses, after you fight them, they'll chase you for a little bit, but then they'll leave. But if they're your nemesis, they will chase you across the entire map all the way across it and it's the scariest thing yeah i had that I'm happen sitting too. there in a bush 
which you're usually hiding in your safe. And I'm sitting in the bush and I'm like doing nothing. And then suddenly it's like, who, where are you going there? And I'm like, I threw my controller. I screamed. I woke up my kids. Um, it was, it was really bad. Cause I did, I, it was the, it was actually happened really early when I started playing the game. So I didn't even know that that could happen. Anyways, I thought that that was cool. Yeah. They can have like blood debts against other people too. Yeah, I mean, I think the level of violence is a little bit much. Yeah, really, yeah. really yeah. unfriendly oh, with yeah. all the. I'm, they're just they're friendly. Well, that's because you have your own. You have your own you issues. You can just turn them. But... You don't have to kill yeah, them. Yeah, well, <laughs> Georgia has different thoughts about that. But um, so, do we want to transition into talking about another violent game, Alien Isolation? Sure. <laughs> is it that? Is it that violent? There's some well, uh, alien eviscerating if yeah. you lose. There's a lot of violent deaths on Uapot. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I think uh, Shadow of Mordor might be historically what uh, what AAA games will take from, but Alien Isolation is what I wish AAA games would be and what they would take from. And I think Alien Isolation is uh, basically the most rare shining unicorn in the universe <laughs> because I it love is that. That's a great problem. It, it really is because it is a AAA game. That was allowed to be weird, interesting, difficult, and frustrating, uh, and not sort of designed by committee to uh, sort of reach a lowest common denominator sort of uh, you know demographic or anything. No, they they were allowed to make a game that is truly weird and angry and dark uh, and feminist yeah. and, and like all of these things that you know I just. I was shocked that I was playing a game that was made with a multi-multi-million dollar budget that was really sort of allowed to be this way. So, you know, it's a horror game, first-person horror game, uh, where you're basically, it's you against an AI that is that feels truly alive and truly cunning. Uh, not always, obviously. There are, there are some scripted sequences in this game. Uh, those aren't the most exciting part, for sure. Uh, the most exciting part of this game is when uh, this AI is sort of unleashed into this environment, and you are unleashed into this environment, and it's sort of you versus the machine, uh, or the alien, you know, in, in the fiction, obviously. Uh, and I just felt like this was the most powerful game I've played this year. Uh, it scared the crap out of me. I was screaming like a, a tiny child, <laughs> a very potty mouth tiny child, <laughs> pretty much the entire time I was playing it. And Alien is my favorite movie of all time, hands down. Nothing else even begins to come close for me. Uh, and this game was very true to the vision of being like that movie. It was like experiencing that movie uh, for real. And I think this game has some flaws. I think it's too long. I think uh, the enemies that come up towards the end are cheap and crappy and annoying. But the way, in the way that it's flawed, it feels like even more of a love letter to the movie it's almost like if you gave the biggest fans in the world the license and the talent to make whatever they wanted this is what they would make and so it is a bit indulgent uh but in general it just absolutely sells it It absolutely stays true to its vision and it's just the most unique interesting absolutely coherent to its vision experience that i've played this year so I I have been over Christmas. I have been suiciding alien to try and get through it as much as I can. <laughs> so I would be able to have this discussion with you. Um, for me, I, I'm right there with you. Alien and aliens, I think they're kind of the, the holy grail of horror movies. Um, I, I think they're perfect. I think, God, 
Amanda as a character is awesome in oh, this yeah. game. And Absolutely. I mean, I mean the ZBrush pass on her face, the skeletal mesh, the voice acting, her emotionally as a character is god, if we could have every character in games like 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 just have that level. It, she's not she is yes. a little sexualized in like one shot, but just overall like she's an engineer scrounging for parts in a realistic way. And I love that. And I'm right there with you that like with the the parts of the AI unleashed on you are the most intense experience I've ever had in a game. And it's wonderful and important. And just truly the fact that AAA could spit this out is that's the most surprising. Shocking. Shocking. (laughs) Truly Shocking. shocking. My problem with this game, and yeah, I'm not saying it's like, it's like all these games on this list. Like I'm, I'm trying to say what I found good with it and what I found bad with it. My problem with this game is I played through all the horror games of the PlayStation era. Um, it seems to me that the lesson, like people always complain, like, oh, Resident Evil games aren't scary anymore. Resident Evil games are better than they were, in my opinion, than the PSX era because they had this hunt and die gameplay. Where it would be like, let me give you an example. There's a, a this this mission where you you meet up with this guy and you've got to sneak through a corridor and you've got to turn off this power generator and figure out what to do. And yeah. the first yeah. four times I do it, I am in the room and I get killed. And like I turn it off and they come in there and then I end up finding that there's a vent in the floor that I have to press X and call <laughs> through the vent and get through that. And that's this kind of pass fail gameplay that I feel is tremendously dated in 2014. Um, I also think what I did see, I think that even though the world of Shadow of Mordor does not appeal to me even remotely, I saw a higher level of polish with that. And when I see things like procedural lazy lip sync for the dialogue scenes or characters that aren't quite scripted right to follow me around... It just felt like the game needed like another few months in development to really polish all those edges, you know. But I think like this, this static mesh creation of the world, the dynamic lighting, um, I, I just feel like this is probably our industry's most bold creation of this year. And I think it absolutely belongs on this list. Also, the sound design. I just want to give that a hint as well. I think the sound design is a... It should win all the awards. Yeah, I agree with that. I <laughs> it should win that. Best Indie Handheld. No, it, it's just a very <laughs> incredibly effective, just really beautiful, really an achievement, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so are we, uh, are we at a point where we're going to vote? Are I we just all going to vote, vote for our individual favorite games <laughs> and then nothing will win? Isn't that how this then is going to go down? It. Then we arm wrestle it to the end. I'm not going to vote for Danganronpa. I'm, not, I'm not voting for Super Smash Brothers either. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to be obstinate because I can't, I feel that it would be disingenuous for me to vote for something besides Bayonetta 2. I just, to me, it's, I, I don't know. I can't not. Sorry, guys. Okay. No, that's fine. Somebody else has to vote. Go, go, go. Everyone knows that I love Shadow of Mordor, so that's what I'm voting for. So no one's shocked. All right. Yeah. Same, same for me with uh, Alien Isolation for sure. Okay. 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 Everybody voted the way that they were expected to. <laughs> well, at least three. I haven't uh, voted yet. 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Shadow of Mordor. I, I think what? that I honestly I field I've spent way more time than I expected to playing this game, and and even when I think I'm done with it, it drags me back in, just like you know Georgia freeing people from their from their, their suffering or whatever. But Can I change I, my vote to Smash just so that Shadow of Mordor doesn't win? It's going <laughs> to bother me if Shadow of Mordor wins. It's going to get under my skin. You can't, you can't you change know, your I mean, vote. I've got a lot of problems with it, but honestly, I do think that it's the best AAA game that I've played this year. Honestly. Whatever. <laughs> Gita, are you voting for yeah. Smash? Smash is it. Smash is it for me. <laughs> like smash oh, a lot man. i mean uh, i just really like smash <laughs> <laughs> that's legit i understand your point of view i i have to vote with danielle about alien isolation because yeah. i think it's a more important game historically i i i i, I just do i'm sorry I, you so shouldn't be sorry. Tie, you're, you're, right. okay, yeah. you're on the side of history. Do we have a tie? <laughs> okay, yeah. I think that's. I think that's valid. I think no, we no, have to have a tie no, because no, we, have tie. We, yeah. we can't have a tie for game of the year. We have to like now. We have to vote between the two games. So. We have a tie though. Oh, we each have to. So vote. now we if have it, to sway okay. Maddie. No, that's and Maddie fair. And that's fair. Look, you don't. This isn't going to be hard for me. I vote Alien Isolation between those. I mean, two. yeah. I like that history. I like that game a lot. Every movie franchises ever, I think Alien and Aliens are super good. Alien being better, of course, but you know, it's yeah, Alien Isolation. It it successfully achieved okay. what the film set out in a way that I don't think any other adaptations of games ad- adapting to movies really do at all. It's a good game, and it really gets Alien. It's like one of the first Alien games to get Alien. But it's flawed. But can I say? Right. Can I say flaws. that when we look back on games that revolutionized gaming? Alien Isolation will not be the one that we think of. Georgia, I'm just going to say Just it. accept just your defeat gracefully. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree. I don't. I think Alien Isolation is going to be remembered as this bold moment. Like, actually, I have a lot of thoughts about this. So look, as an industry, we are realizing that like FPS is not working anymore. Like collectively as an industry, we've realized we're looking for different experiences than that. Yeah, I feel like Alien Isolation is this bold moment of AAA going like, what else can we do besides killing everything in sight? Yes. And I feel like it's this moment that the team took like the most murderous franchise in history that like just was so guilty of just handing the player a gun and completely rethought it and i just i i don't agree i i think shadow of mortar like it's one other game of the year awards very deservedly so it's a great game but i actually do i hope the alien isolation will be what we look back on historically that's yeah the side of history well, we're on the right side of his. So, I'm glad right. we're all leaving angry tonight. <laughs> this is going to show. You know what? You know Except what? This Danielle. is good because if we were all happy about it, then we wouldn't have done our jobs. Exactly. True. That is true. So, this has been three hours of talking about video games. But we're not done yet because we haven't picked an overall game of the year yet. Are you joking? No, that is no, the, no, that no, is, that no, is no, the no. overall game. That of the is year. the overall game of the year. Okay, yeah, Steve, don't yeah, don't yeah. do this to me. <laughs> Okay. I feel like this is a awesome. really good list, though. This all good games on this list all argued yep. well. I feel like this was a very good, a good exercise. 
This is, yeah. I'm I'm happy. Uh, you know, obviously it wasn't all my choices, but I'm I'm happy with the way this list turned out. Cool, I, I, you get to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Why don't I, we I, Why don't we call us out and then and then uh, just you know. Yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta share our Twitter Wrap, handles and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Wrap that up. All right. Wrap so this. so yeah. So we're. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. I don't even know what I'm doing. Anymore. I know. I know. We're gonna uh, get through this, Steve. Okay. Gita, where can people find you online? At XOXO Gossip Gita. Okay, and Danielle, where can uh, where can people find find you and your writing and stuff like that? You can find me on Twitter, uh, Danielle R I D A N I E L L E R I. Uh, I like Rhode Island. And you can also find me on polygon.com. I write movie reviews and all sorts of stuff about games. Uh, pretty much every day you can find something from me there. Also on uh, Idle Thumbs, the Idle Thumbs podcast. You should check that out as well. Yeah. And um, podcast. Yeah, they're 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 good friends of ours and they're good. They yeah. they do a good show. If you like good if people. you like our stuff, you'll you'll probably like them too. I, I think Idle Thumbs is like our our evil nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Like in no, a friendly way, because friendly they way. they have a yeah. bunch of guys and one lady, and we're the opposite way around. It's oh, true, right, but right, it's the right. it's the there's a we have the same consciousness. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like we're trying do. to do something different, and I I respect the the frack out of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're not gonna we're not gonna read out people's Twitter handles today because no. because no, we know no, Maddie no. Maddie's gonna kill me if I try to ask her to do a pokey rap again. Oh, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Listen to last week's episode. But we want to hear Twitter but, handles. But do thank thank you everybody who did tweet about the show, and we'll we'll get back to that next week when we're a little bit more awake. But um, in I'm the awake. meantime, please. It's only 10:30. Oh, well, you're going to go play Smash for six hours. Bree, yeah. you can stay up and talk about people's Twitter handles on the After Dark by okay. yourself. I will do that. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, you can uh, please do tweet about the show. You can rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. Uh, you can find the show notes for this show and every show at 5x5.tv slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can send us feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. And you can follow all of us on Twitter, the show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good. Bree, where can people find you? In my fortified totalitarian city-state with, like, Gatling guns there to make sure Georgia Dow won't come kill me for not voting for Shadows of Mordor. Oh, no. So we're going to we're gonna be prepared. We're going to have anti-Georgia Dow missiles. We're going to have anti-Georgia Dow helicopters. And we're going to keep it safe here at the Wu uh, House. And armored, can... armored pandas. Armored panda suits. Armored mech panda suits. Georgia, just remember who had your back. That's all I'm saying. That is true, Steve. I will remember that. You was under a duress. We all know that. (laughs) Anyway, Bree, 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 what's your Twitter handle? Yeah, what's your handle? And Maddie, where can people find you? You can check out pictures of the Metroid earrings my mom got for me for Christmas at my Twitter. I want to see that. Clone. So yeah, go check out my Twitter pics. They're pretty cute. And Georgia, where can people find you? At Shadow of Mordor should have won. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, at Georgia underscore Dow. So uh, thank you as always for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Dow,